How's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Real featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we're back with the finale in our car movie category. We're at the finish line, and Dan picked this one. What was it, Dan? I picked Ford versus Ferrari. Aw, yeah. The rivalry old as time. Is it? I guess. I did not know. <laughs> Tell us, Fox. Oh, sorry. It was your movie. You should give us the rundown here. <laughs> I thought you had some history lesson ready when you said that. Oh, no. I, you know, I, I think I learned everything I know about the rivalry from the movie. <laughs> I see. <laughs> the hidden feud. The feud none of us were aware of. But none of us are really car people, though, I would say, right? Yeah. I'd like to pretend to be, but... Just uh, video games, yeah. I like racing games quite a bit. I just like movies and games. <laughs> yep. I don't follow the history of this kind of stuff closely at all. Did learn how to change my own oil during the pandemic, though, so hey. Really? Yeah, you need some custom work done. You just come to me. I'm good to go, man. I do actually need <laughs> some of that done. I've got like eight wrenches. <laughs> oh, I remember when my battery died in college and like I called up the boys and I had like Fox came over with like his tools and was like, where's it at? I'm ready to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fox is our resident handyman. That's what they say. Quality not guaranteed. He'll <laughs> come fix anything. I remember one time I locked myself out of my apartment. I called all Fox and he showed up and he uh, attempted to break into my apartment. It didn't work, did it? <laughs> but you had a much nicer door than I did. <laughs> Just goes to show you the old uh, go-to guy. You got a technical issue, you call Fox. Oh, yeah. Anyways, I guess back to the movie that we all know the same about the rivalry. What is this, Dan? Tell <laughs> us about it. Ah, so this is about the Ford Motor Company getting into the racing business and wanting to beat Ferrari after they tried to buy them out. And Ferrari basically spits back in their face. So Ford Motor hires um, Carol Shelby, who used to be a pretty good driver and now designs cars. And then Carol Shelby, I won't say Ford, but Carol Shelby hires driver Ken Miles to race their Ford GT40 in order to defeat Ferrari at the Le Mans race. Yeah. Anyways, this movie actually is uh, pretty highly rated. It is number 203 um currently in the top 250 on imdb and it won two oscars for best achievement in film editing and sound editing but yeah, we're gonna talk about this movie we're gonna spoil it so spoiler warning let's just dive into it if you guys are ready what do you think ford v is it ford v ferrari or ford versus because i just say versus i think it's v technically Kind of like Batman v Superman. Yeah, but that sounds dumb. Just put the S on there. <laughs> sounds so classy with just the V, though. V. 
saw that in other countries it was titled Le Mans 66. Ah, that's cool. So outside of the U.S., they recognized the race more than the Ford name. Yeah, I know. I didn't recognize this race name at all. I have no idea what the Le Mans was until this movie. Mm-hmm, same. I just knew it was a fancy race, but I didn't know why it was like a big deal, yeah. I had no idea. It was 24 hours long. Yeah, that's intense. I didn't even know they did 24 hour long races. Yeah, I feel like that's like probably should be illegal, right? <laughs> like <laughs> that seems dangerous. Well, that's why they have the guys swapping out, I assume, is Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think like the bicycle race over there is also like days long, isn't it? The old Tour de France. Oh, yeah, that's a long one. I guess I'll just jump into it. I love the way these old cars look in this movie. Like, I think this took place in the 60s. 66. These cars looked slick back then. Just retro. So colorful. It's almost like a retro futurism thing like Bioshock. The designs on a lot of those European ones. It was like, it really made me think of Speed Racer. Like, some of those cars. <laughs> like, I don't know. It was really cool. And they all had, like, the helmets and stuff. Yeah, it's where they got the inspiration for that anime. Yeah, and I like it. Yeah, there's there's so many, like, unique designs with the, yeah, like, some of them are a little more curvy, like, the normal cars are a little more boxy. It's kind of cool, yeah, just to see, like, where everything was at back then compared to now. Yeah, I think that was my favorite part of this movie. Like, it's a good overall movie. It's pretty solid on, like, every front, but I loved just seeing the old cars. They looked so cool. The GT looks a lot more modern than the rest of them do, too, which says a lot. <laughs> not, that, uh, not that far from the contemporary design, either. Yeah. <laughs> it was a classic. Just can't stray that far from it. Everybody wants it. It did win that race, right, in like three consecutive years. Four years in a row, yeah. And then apparently they changed the rules to outlaw the Ford GT and it never raced in it again. <laughs> it's an OP. Wow, I gotta nerf it. Yep. No wonder they made such a big stink about the people with the rules. That's funny. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, like the, the rule thing keeps coming up in this movie. Like, what was the first one? Like, the trunk space wasn't technically, like, big enough or something. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, <laughs> later on, they're, like, saying you can't change out the entire brake system. There are some sticklers in this one. Sticklers for the rules. They didn't very much like the Americans coming over and winning their European race. Though it is pretty impressive given the time frame that they were even able to pull that off. <laughs> for real, yeah. They had like m months to engineer the car, right? Like nine months or something like that is what they said. I, I did do some reading on that point, actually. So apparently like the GT was already around and they already had the big engine. They just, like, called Shelby in to fix it in 90 days. Oh, gotcha. Okay. By the end of the movie, it kind of makes it sound like they, like, built it from the ground up in, like, 90 days. Yeah. They kind of brush over that because they're like, we just flew this over from England or whatever, so. Yeah, I do remember them saying they already had an engine and, like, people were like, we're, how are we going to use this? And then, yeah, they had to, like, make the car fit it or something like that. But really, outside of that, I think that was kind of the most major, like, historical inaccuracy I could find. For the most part, I didn't see a lot of other big points that were, you know, terribly misconstrued. 
Yeah, so I was looking up some of the true story stuff about this, and the first things to pop up were about Ken Miles' death. And apparently some people think that it's kind of like a conspiracy thing. Like, you know, that dude from Ford hated him so much. They were thinking maybe somebody messed with his car or something, but they couldn't tell because the car was too burned up. But this movie doesn't really touch on that at all. They just kind of make it clear cut, which that was very sad. But I like the parallel to the beginning of the movie because like Shelby caught on fire at the very beginning of this. And then that's how Ken Miles died at the end. Sounds like it was a dangerous profession back then. I would assume it still is. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> Driving any car at high speed is dangerous. Especially like experimental, like, yeah, still testing out like the intricacies of the engine and all the different parts. I did some reading on Shelby and he got pretty messed up during his career. It's an interesting story, this movie, what it covers. And I would have known nothing about it because the ending hits pretty different if you don't know anything about it. Just like he won the race, but he got gypped out of it for corporate suits, dudes, you know? <gasps> yeah, and then he dies, apparently. Yeah, the end is like just a, a real gut punch of different emotions. <laughs> it's nuts. To me, it makes the movie so much better because it's like reframing Ken Miles and uh, Shelby's tale, making it focused on them because I'm sure back then when this came out, well, not when this came out, when the uh, <laughs> race happened, they were probably all just thinking about that photograph and the Ford cars didn't know anything about Ken Miles and the story until they started telling people. I think both he and Shelby were actually pretty famous at the time, if what I've read is true. Yeah, yeah, I think he was, I think Miles was like a pretty beloved kind of, yeah, like, not underdog, but like, kind of dark horse figure. And Shelby was kind of like a celebrity, I think, in the race world already, because he was like twilight years, it seemed, at that point, career-wise. Yeah, I guess the end does say, like, people always remembered, uh, yeah, Ken for his, like, he, his right, because he, he, like, beat the, like, what was it, the lap time, record lap times, like so many times during that. I will say, I guess for the ending, um, I don't know, it felt weird to me. Like It felt almost like tacked on at the end that he like died. I don't know. Like Obviously, he died eventually. I, it felt to me like, it's like we, of course, we have to add this in the movie because everybody knows his like tragic death. And I was like, it felt like it was like one gut punch after the other. And it didn't feel like it was as connected to the rest of the movie to me. And it just didn't feel like necessary. I think they could have like just put some text and said he died testing whatever. And then he was he's always been remembered or something like that. I, I just didn't feel like it was important to the plot. I said the exact same thing TV to my fiance. I was like, we should have just ended after the race and put a block of text in there. The only redeemable thing about it, because it did have me like almost bawling, was uh, Matt Damon talking to the son of Ken. And, oh, like, that was so good. And he's like, he was your friend. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, like that was really good. And like, it's a really great scene, but it just felt like so separated to me. Like, I don't know if it was necessarily integral. I, I like the scene. It's like an epilogue. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it could have been like, a, I guess it'd be weird, a post credit scene. Uh, but no, yeah, I don't know. It just felt like it wasn't quite connected the way I would have liked it to be. Yeah. It's just going more into the characters. 
Um, cause Ken Miles is always down on his luck for the most part. Something good happens and he gets screwed over. So it kind of falls with, along with that. Like he, he wins Le Mans technically and then he dies. So he wins, but he loses out of a technicality. And then, yeah, they do foreshadow the ending quite a bit throughout the movie though. The ending, ending with the fire. It's like, you're good if you get out of the car. And even the start of the movie when Shelby's on fire, they foreshadow it, but I get it. Yeah, it does seem like the movie ends and then it goes on another eight or so minutes. I don't mind it, though. It was handled well enough for me. Yeah, I mean, it was a good scene for sure. I just I, I have mixed feelings. On. I think like I like it, but I, it, it didn't hurt the movie too bad for me. I just thought it was kind of weird. Agree. I feel like the pacing was kind of weird. I don't know. I have just the ending or the whole movie. Just the ending there, that little bit there. I don't know. Yeah, it just felt weird. Like, yeah, the story's over, but we're still going. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, yeah, it wasn't, you know, I, I didn't feel like it was the Ken Miles story. I felt like it was the Le Mans 66 story. From Ford's perspective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's interesting because for me, the movie made me care about Ken Miles enough that I wanted to know what happened to him. So I was fine with all that stuff at the end because the like chemistry between Matt Damon and Christian Bale as Ken Miles and Shelby was so good. <laughs> yeah, it was. That was awesome. One of my favorite scenes was just them duking it out with Wonder Bread, you know, <laughs> outside. I love it when Shelby like grabs the soup can and you can tell he thinks about whacking him with it, but then he grabs the bread instead. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. It was a good like character moment, but also like legendary to see Christian Bale and Matt Damon doing that. Yeah, their relationship was that was the highlight for me. I just like seeing them their like friendship and kinda like the strain that yeah, it goes through Matt Damon's character as he's like Ford is like pushing him and pushing him to do these things he doesn't want to do and that kind of stuff. Well, it was a good idea focusing it on these two as well because you get real invested in their characters and so that makes you care more about the actual race as opposed to doing like an ensemble ordeal type thing you know it connects you more to it on a personal level makes you want to root for them yeah because it builds them up so much i agree they did and i think everybody involved in this movie their acting was like awesome that definitely helped like there's the scene where uh, Christian Bale's on his final lap at Le Mans, and he has like that personal moment. He's like, man, I've done it. And then he decides to slow down. Like Christian Bale's acting in that scene, I thought was awesome. I think this is one of the best acting jobs he's done in like all of his movies. He was so good in this. Like, yeah, just like that scene you were saying, Mike, that was so good. Like he's pretty much just emoting the whole time. And it's so good. And then, like, the scene where he's telling his kid about the track, the test track and everything. Man, that was great. I thought he did great, too. It's funny, because I, I was thrown off because of his, like, British accent, even though he, like, has a British accent in real life. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm so, so good. <laughs> I'm, I'm so used to seeing him, like, just with an American accent. I always forget, you know. And then he's, like, watching it's like, whoa, this is different. <laughs> but it was cool. It was cool to see him do that. Tell you what makes it even crazier for me is that like what a year before they made this, he was like 
fat Dick Cheney. Oh my God. <laughs> like, how do you go from that to this? He's like not even the same person. <laughs> He's the master. That's Christian Bale. Have you seen how skinny he gets in, what is it, The Machinist? Like, he looks unhealthy, and then he buffed up for Batman, and then <laughs> he got, like, heavier for, what was it, American Hustle and stuff. So, like, he's changed his weight a ton. Let's just cast him for, like, normal stuff from now on, guys. Like, come on. Like, he's he's earned it, you know? <laughs> he doesn't need to do these body changes anymore. Can't be good for him. He's got to be Gore the God Butcher in Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> oh, is that who he is in that? Yep. Oh, cool. I was kind of hoping he's going to be Beta Ray Bill, but you know what? That's okay. He can be <laughs> Gore the God Butcher. All right. And you know what? I will say it. Matt Damon, good job. I really liked you in this. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, my hesitancies towards him have once again been proven wrong. <laughs> Matt Damon is awesome in this movie, of course. I don't know why I ever doubt him. You know what? And then, speaking of that, I've officially decided here on the Run the Real, <laughs> I will officially switch my stance. Matt Damon, I am a Matt Damon fan now. I will go yeah. see Matt Damon. <laughs> I have no reasons to doubt the man, so I don't know why I do. Logic dictates I should like this guy's acting, and I always do, so... Guess what? I like him. I'll even go see his movie that's coming out that he's starring in. Because, you know what? Oh, yeah. I don't doubt him anymore. He's earned it, okay? <laughs> it's been a long journey, but there you go. It's taken years. Yep, yep. You know, I was waiting for you to bring this up, TV. <laughs> so let me preface, which that, you know, Matt Damon is like one of my favorite all-time actors. I love him. Love him since <laughs> I was a kid. I think he's super consistent and a lot of fun. But for a lot of this movie, I just felt like Christian Bale is on such another level than Matt Damon that it was like kind of taking me out of it sometimes. I don't know, like like when Damon's trying to convince the Ford exec to hire Miles and he's giving him that big speech. Ooh, that was awesome. I don't know. I was just not sold, you know, like I felt like Matt Damon was acting like you know, Shelby, whereas I'm not sure if Christian Bale realized that he wasn't actually Ken Miles. This movie, I feel like Matt Damon is, you know, still Matt Damon, but I do think Christian Bale, like, becomes Ken Miles. I kind of forget he's Christian Bale, but I still love Matt Damon in this quite a bit. Yeah, like, he's so good. I'm like, don't get me wrong, he's good. I just felt like Bale was so, like up there another level of the craft i don't know that it almost overshadowed a few times as a newborn matt damon fan i'm offended <laughs> <laughs> yeah bale's performance is the best in this by far but matt damon does a real good job too i mean he doesn't have nearly as many like i, I don't know how to say it hard moments to act through in this until the very end which he nails the rest of it, yeah, he's he basically plays himself a little bit because he's kind of like sassy and talks back and things like that. Yeah, I thought he did really good at being just like the kind of he's like almost the perfect, a really good like way to be the middleman in between like these like corporate people and like the more like, I guess, you know, uh, roughneck. I don't know if that's the right word, but like these like on the boots on the ground people and that kind of thing. Like he, he, he did a good job of like kind of being able to like meld in between both of those worlds you could tell how frustrated he was getting too 
Like he did a good job indicating that. Yeah, he's he's like the people person in this movie. Yes, so charismatic. I was pretty psyched to see a John Berthnall in this. I did not think he was going to be in this at all. I did not expect to see him. And he's like one of my favorite actors. Um, and it's just, it's just a surprise. Seems like such a different role than I would have expected him to be. I would have expected him to be like one of the, yeah, boots on the ground, kind of like rough around the edges people. But he's like a suave business guy, kind of. He's the marketing man. It's a very different role than I would have ever expected, but he nails it. He does such a good job. You know, that's going to be one of my criticisms of this movie is he, he gets sidelined so bad in this film. <laughs> It was, it was a shame because it's like I loved watching him be the, the marketing guy who couldn't get anything right. <laughs> and he was kind of like on Shelby and Miles' side the whole time too. But he kind of just like they forget about him after like half of the movie. And I was real disappointed that they couldn't work him in more. <laughs> I agree. I feel like they could have almost like combined Lee and like the what's his name bb together almost like because then he would have had like something to do the entire movie rather than just being yeah like having a purpose at the first half and then kind of just like disappearing and giving like knowing nods in the second half that's fair i guess one of the pitfalls of being a biopic i guess is trying to like yeah put the real names to people and having to put actual real people in the movie that's true yeah i guess maybe Lee would be offended if he turned into Phoebe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I saw that Ford as a company, like, wasn't a huge fan of the way they portrayed BB in the movie. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, this movie really just basically should have been called, like, Ford versus Ford, because, like, it was so much internal push and pull. Like, obviously, you pick these guys to do the job. You tell them you're going to give them all the resources they need to do it. And then in, like, a couple of days, you're like, ah, actually, never mind. We're going to take away the main man you want and we're gonna swap out this for that you know we want you to take pictures it's like they just con contradict each other so much which kind of that all builds into another underlying theme in this movie that with enough money and power you can do whatever the heck you want right because they make a big big ordeal of showing you that ferrari's the better company of the two because they craft all their cars with love and attention. It's like, you know, they've got people down there making all the parts themselves instead of being on the assembly line. And because of that, they're winning all these super high profile races and everything. And there are the champs. And then Ford comes in and they've got their their um, assembly line and everything. And they... uh make just regular cars that aren't race cars or anything but ferrari goes bankrupt and then piss off ford and ford's like we got enough money and power we can do whatever we want we can make a racing car that's gonna win this high profile le mans race and they do even if they maybe wouldn't have if <laughs> they got their way you know that's weird yeah yeah exactly it's such a depressing theme but it's there, but you they kind of get around it by making it focus more on the achievement for Shelby, Miles, and the rest of the team. So it's it's real interesting. Like you shouldn't. I it, it's a weird. You can you can get a lot out of 
out of this movie on that ground alone. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if I liked that angle as much, because you're right, it was there. But I felt like it was misconstrued, I guess. Because like Ferrari, right? You know, it's like if it's, the, you know, you have all the money in the world you want and you can do whatever you want. But like, poor people aren't buying Ferraris. Poor people are buying Fords. Like, like they tried to make it seem like Ferrari was like a lover of the craft and stuff. But like, I don't know, I did some reading about him too. And it sounds like people did not like him when he was alive. <laughs> I saw that someone had said that he was the most narcissistic person on the face of the planet. <laughs> I mean, I think he seemed kind of like a jerk in the movie too. He didn't seem like he was a nice guy. That is true. I, I just thought it was like a weird thing they were trying to do, like making it, yeah, like make the corporate guys the bad guys but then their own guys are the good guys and our rivals are also the good guys because they love the craft i, I felt like it got very convoluted and confused itself on a thing that we probably could have done without i felt like yeah i mean that's kind of life though right like we all we're all in the corporate machine you know i wouldn't say we're bad guys for working for these companies you know we're we're just trying to do our job and it i mean the corporation is paid. still the villain yeah <laughs> like they might get in our way. I don't know. It's complicated. Right. I don't know. I I felt like it got a little convoluted on itself. Yeah. Which, I don't know. I see that the issue itself is very convoluted, I think, too. I, I see what you're saying. I think, yeah. I guess, yeah. Doing the issue in the realm of supercars seems a little yeah. ironic. <laughs> <laughs> see, mostly I kind of see this as like, yeah, kind of an underdog story. But yeah, it's interesting that, yeah, they're being... It's an underdog story about people being funded by one of the richest companies in the world <laughs> to, like, to achieve their dreams so it's like is it really an underdog i guess i don't know yeah i guess as under as you can be that far up it is an underdog story though because they focus it on ken miles and carol shelby i would say yeah ken is definitely an underdog because he's like yeah barely holding on to being able to drive in this race because he's the guy who's not a corporate shill at all he won't follow the corporate well I guess maybe his arc is that he decides it's fine, you know. Be a team player. Yeah, he doesn't have to be antagonistic, you know. He can be a team player if he needs to be kind of thing, which is kind of a strange... Yeah, it's kind of a sad arc a little bit, I guess, And if you think about it. He he should have won that race. Like, he earned it, you know. He doesn't need to be a team player, but... He finally comes around only to get screwed over again. It's what he was known for, courtesy on the track. Yeah, he never ran into people, really, unless they started it, <laughs> in this movie, anyways. Yeah, I love his little, like, lines and stuff, too, whenever someone would do something. <laughs> that was so great. His little inner, <laughs> inner commentary. Always <laughs> cursing at him. Yep, that was so good. I loved it. I guess that would be a good segue into something else I want to talk about. This movie does great, is those shots where he was doing that driving through car crashes were super well done this movie was filmed very impressively in their race scenes i thought yeah like i couldn't tell what was real and what was cgi half the time like it was really well done i thought yeah i agree they did an excellent job of combining practical and cgi in this movie uh i think i saw in the trivia that to film the Le Mans race, they had to go to like four or five different locations to actually get like the track to look like it did back then. And they had to manage like the weather. 
um, the time of day, the equipment, and so they had to use CGI to make it blend together. I can see that. There's a couple scenes that look stylized, but one of them was my visual moment. Like when Ken Miles pulls up right beside the Ferrari car in the rain and you have the headlights side by side in the dark. It was such a good like scene. So I could see that being CGI, but I thought all the production stuff in this movie was awesome. I got the Oscar for for the editing and stuff, so and it deserved it. It was it was great. It's so kinetic, yeah. Like I was surprised how on the edge of my seat I was for a lot of these races because I'm not a big race guy either. But I was like enthralled by these races. I thought it was so well shot. I think the Daytona race was the best one in here. That was so freaking good. <laughs> that was pretty cool. <laughs> if we're talking visual moments, mine I think was in that where it was like he was behind a couple cars and like you see like a close up of his face and his sunglasses and you can see like the cars in front of him as he's slowly like closing in on him. Oh, that was just so cool. The Le Mans was excellent too, but I think the Daytona race just was like everything blended together perfectly there. The uh the characters in this movie, well I guess Shelby has um a repeated phrase he says throughout about like at so many RPMs the road, you know, connects with the driver. I think the way this movie was shot did a perfect job of showing the speed, how fast they were going at times. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. And it's kind of fun to see the uh, when um, Matt Damon's character takes uh, Henry Ford II on the car ride to show you like what it's actually like for like a normal person to <laughs> get in the car who's not used to this kind of thing. It's, it's pretty cool. You know, that guy did a really good job in that scene, I thought. It was like, I mean, I guess I read that it was like a real cry. Because like at the time I was like, it was almost like seeing a person in real life like sobbing. Like you're like, wait. Are they chortling? Or is that sobbing? <laughs> What's going on? I was like, is he laughing or crying? Yeah, I can't. Like it tell. felt very real. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good humanizing scene for him too, even. Cause he's all like, I wish my dad could see what cars have turned into now and what well, he hasn't done it, but what the company was able to do. So that was it was nice. Showed that there was a little bit of a person in there. Yeah, they do show kind of, yeah, like what makes that guy tick. Yeah, because he with like the insults and stuff even where yeah, he's like, you know, he has he has like some sort of like he has a issue with his like father's legacy and trying to live up to it, like trying to be as good as he was. But everybody thinks of him as kind of a phony, I guess, or at least that's his insecurity. So I did like they did have the classic car movie montage scene where they're working on their cars to music. I did like those scenes. Ah. I loved it. But like every car movie has that. Everybody loves a good montage. Something I thought was interesting, I took a note of it, was there's a couple times in this movie where uh, the race car drivers like Shelby or Miles drive in real people traffic and they drive like complete jerks. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Because they're so bored going at low RPMs. I thought that was interesting. I wonder if that's how, like, actual NASCAR drivers feel. It reminded me a lot of Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think it was kind of like a thing before traffic laws were super well enforced. (laughs) They just drive like jerks. 
Yeah, a lot of his scenes, like, driving through, like, Hollywood and, like, L.A. reminded me a lot of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, actually. There was a lot of visual similarities for that movie, I think. Yeah, I kind of had that vibe. Just that same time period, yeah. I'm mean, kind of sunny look to it, I guess, if that's a, a good word for it. Very warm. Yeah, warm. That's the word I'm looking for. California in the 60s. Well, I guess, do we have anything else about this one? Anybody? You know, it's weird. Like, I almost feel like I do, but I don't know what I would say besides just rambling about the things that I loved about this movie already. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is the kind of movie, it's a real uphill battle for, I'll, I'll say old Terry, because one, Matt Damon, I have that weird, I used to have that weird skepticism, and you know, now I'm a, I'm, I'm a fan. But also, I'm just not a big biopic guy either. And so, like, I probably would never have watched this movie unless Dan had picked it. <laughs> And, you know, it was good. It really does surprise me. So that's nice. I'm the same way about, like, biopic movies, Terry. I just don't, like, watch them very often. Yeah, it just seems like, I don't know. I, I don't know what the hang-up is for me. Just I, I like more fiction stuff than nonfiction, I guess. Oh, and the nonfiction is this good and this interesting. That's right, yeah. It's true, Yeah. I just, yeah, I just have to give it a chance to find that out, and that's the problem. Usually I don't. I'm always suspicious of biopics. There's a lot that I like, but I, I don't know. You know, truth is a big deal to me, and I know sometimes movies can really uh, misconstrue the way things play out, but I think this one did a pretty good job from what I've seen overall. You know, I mean, it made... The story was about Miles and Shelby, so of course, like, it looked like a lot of their accomplishments were exclusively their accomplishments. But I don't feel like there was, like, disrespect, I guess, for the other people, as opposed to just kind of a lack of acknowledgement. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the other thing, I guess, with biopics is, like, yeah, just, like, the is it ba really that based off a true story? Is it not? How much are they doing? And, like, that's, I'd rather them tell a good story than, like, completely follow the truth. Um, at least that's how I always see it. And it, it's, like, a, it's a weird, like, I guess, line to follow, because it's, like, you know, if you go too much one way, you're going to offend a lot of people. And if you go too much the other way, maybe it's not quite as interesting. So, yeah, it's it's tough. And sometimes truth is just as good as fiction. So you never know. You just never know. I guess it's up to the writer to define to, to that line. Yeah. <laughs> That's part of what makes this one so good is well, going back to what I said earlier. It just focuses on these two and makes a good story out of it as opposed to it being the whole Ford company or whatever. So you can connect a lot better. I guess like one example that I do kind of feel bad about, right, is that like he did have a partner driver in Le Mans, but we like don't even, we don't even know who that guy was. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> that threw me off when we saw that guy. I was like, wait, there's another driver? <laughs> I was like, I kind of, I didn't, I didn't realize they like had to, they got to swap out in that race until that guy walked out of the car and I was like, huh? Who's this? What's that guy doing sleeping on the job yeah. over there? Shouldn't he be out driving? It would have been nice if they would have talked about him more, too. Because, I mean, he had to be a good racer as well so that they wouldn't fall behind too much during that when he was driving. So it would have been nice having a little bit of time, maybe go through a vetting process with Miles and Shelby with the other drivers. So that would have been cool. Well, if we're ready for some overall presentation, what's the ranks, TV? Ah, so we go from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it in that order. 
bro. We're going to give our little thoughts, our little spiels, um, our grand speeches about the movie, and then lay down our rating. Who knows where we'll land? Will this be Mike versus Terry versus Dan versus Fox? Or will we all just work together in harmony? It kind of sounds to me like a lot of positive <laughs> thoughts going on. So we'll, <laughs> we'll find out. But, you know, usually we like to go first. And I know there's kind of been, you know, it's kind of random, but there's always hmm. been like a tradition, you know. And here at Run the Real, we like to follow tradition. Even if some of maybe the higher ups, you know, the executives, they, they kind of want to push people out of the way. They kind of are like, no, no, maybe. Maybe this guy's not right to go first. Maybe this guy's not. And I was like, listen, I know the guy who needs to go first, and he's going to go first, and I'll <laughs> fight for it. So, you know, we've had some spats. Uh, luckily, I've locked them outside my apartment door um, <laughs> so they can't come in. So, Mike, you're free to go first. Ooh. All right. I can do this. Biopic movies, you know, aren't something that I would usually pick. But I always do enjoy watching them. Um, I don't know why. I'm kind of like you, Terry. I just like fiction better. But this is actually probably one of my favorite biopic movies. Um, everything is super well done from the production to uh, like the acting and them portraying the story in the way they did to you, so you can get multiple things out of it. Um, but my favorite was the production stuff in this movie. Like Everything looks and sounds amazing. And you also get to see Matt Damon and Christian Bale fight with Wonder Bread. And I thought that was <laughs> kind of fun. Honestly, this movie should be a buy it, but I don't think I'd ever watch it again. Um, but I think you should definitely watch it. So watch it from Mike. Yeah, you know, I, I do enjoy a well-made biopic. I, as I said before, you know, I, it, it bugs me a lot when things are reel off from the truth but it seems i think you know grain of salt i have only had like a day to look into things but it seems for the most part this isn't all that far away and i think for what it was trying to do focusing on who it focused on it really accomplished its goal and gave us a a sense of who these people might have been or who we like to think they were and that's cool I and mean, a lot of things about this movie are cool that got me really excited about cars you know i <laughs> love to pretend to be a car guy and this all the more made me really want to get into it it looked great the editing was fantastic the production you know all the filming was great the sound was phenomenal music was stellar you've got two great leads although i do feel that damon is overshadowed by a fair amount but I mean, what are you going to do against Christian Bale? You know, the man is like one of the legends of the acting world. You know, how do you top a guy who just becomes whoever his character is? So I think I got to give it a buy. I, I definitely watch this again. You know, I don't maybe someday I'll back to back it with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It just has this epic 60s, you know, dripping vibe that's so cool. Gets you so revved up to look at some cool cars, play some racing games. Yeah, absolutely. A buy from Fox. Yeah, like I like I said, this is not a movie I probably would have ever watched if Dan hadn't picked it. And honestly, I was like, okay, it's time to watch the biopic thing, you know, when I turned it on. But man, this really caught my attention. This was pretty good. Um, I like was pretty hooked the entire movie, and I think that's pretty impressive for 
getting me that excited about something I don't know that much about even like I'm not a really a big car guy. I don't really know anything about racing. I don't even know the story between you know, Ford and Ferrari or even Matt Damon's character and Christian Bale's character. And it's still like, I was just really hooked and the, yeah, the shots, the editing, everything is really stellar in this. The acting's all great. Matt Damon, I'm a fan of yours. Congratulations, I guess. I don't know. But um, yeah, like, I don't know. It's, it's really well made, I think. And yeah, I think there are some interesting like layers to it too. Um, and, you know, maybe the ending's tacked on, but yet I found myself at my most emotional at <laughs> the, the, the tacked on, so-called tacked on scene, I guess, because whew, that had me a little teary-eyed, I got to say. Um, and I guess that's just a statement to how much I really like the characters in this. I think they really do a great job of building them up. I want to see them succeed. And when they do when they don't you know it's all the more powerful um i think i'm gonna give it a buy it as well it's definitely one of my favorite biopics i've seen and you know it just it astounds me that i got this excited about yeah just like this random <laughs> event in history this racing movie because that's just that's usually not my thing yeah i i feel almost i feel bad that i didn't have a lot more to say about this movie because it's it's just really really good all around um like we've all said um i was so impressed that they're able to focus it as well as they did on shelby and miles in this and even give miles a good character arc in this film is so well done overall um definitely was the best out of this category i'd say and I, i'm gonna give it a buy it as well uh, everybody else touched on everything I have to say for this. is is great. I wish I would have made it to the theater to see it um, when it came out, but alas, I was not able to for whatever reason. I think I was getting married, maybe, and that is a good enough reason to <laughs> missed it. But. That old thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I regret not seeing it, but you know that that's okay. It's it's a bite. I've seen it now, and I will see it more times, I'm sure. Nice. Well, there we have it. Everybody gave this one pretty good. Yep, good pick, Dan. Well, way to broaden my horizons. Good job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we had a pretty good mix overall for this uh, this this series. You know, I I think we touched a lot of different facets of this car genre. Yeah, it's cool seeing how many different ways people film races and stuff like that yeah and it's kind of a cool like i guess driving fast and furious for maybe around the same time but like yeah just seeing like the progression you know we kind of went out of order with like duel and all that but just kind of seeing how things are shot and yeah how racing has evolved i guess at least racing cinematography i should say so so now that we've crossed the finish line of the racing category it's time to put up our dukes because we're doing martial arts movies uh yeah yeah, Shrokin. <laughs> Tatsumaki Senpukin. Yeah. Get over here. Yeah. <laughs> We're not doing video game movies. We're doing martial arts. Although they do have a crossover, I guess. But uh, my pick certainly doesn't because I'm picking something different. I'm picking Man of Tai Chi. Oh, I've been wanting to watch this. Is that... The uh, Keanu Reeves movie? Yeah, he directed it and he's in it. 
Nice. I've been wanting to see this, but had not gotten around to it yet. I'm excited to watch it again. It's been a while since I've seen it, so it'll be good. But in the meantime, if any of you listeners out there want to get in contact with us, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Run The Real, or you can email us at runtherealpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of Ford versus Ferrari or any of the other like racing movies that we covered, any racing movies you like, any car movies you like, all that kind of stuff. Give us your recommendations. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. But anyways, thanks for listening to us tonight. We really appreciate it. This is Run The Real, signing off. Mm-hmm.